So good. Hey, welcome if you've joined us since we began. It's great to have you uh, with us this morning, uh, watching the comments and seeing people that are checking in. How good is it to have our worship team back doing that? Isn't it just cool? Uh, you know, I'm sure you've enjoyed it as much as I have um, this morning, just being able to have them there together, gathered in Bo's living room. Bo's got all the technology from church set up in his spare room and in his lounge this morning. And so thank you, Bo, for all the work that you've done there. Uh, and thank you, team, for coming together this morning and for blessing us in such a wonderful way. And what appropriate songs um, to be reminded of the goodness and the power of God this morning. I want to share a thought with you. And uh, this morning, we're going to do it a little bit differently. Um, I'm not going to preach this morning in the same way that I would normally preach. Uh, I'm going to ask you some questions. And they're questions that I want you to discuss in your groups this morning or in your family this morning. Uh, but not only that, if you're on your own, you can journal them this morning. You can spend some time meditating on them. Uh, but a good sermon, I'm told, doesn't just tell a point. It asks a question. And so I want to get us asking questions uh, this morning. And so that's what I want to do. And this morning, it's all based around uh, this idea of the work of your hands. I've been thinking a lot in the last couple of weeks about our hands, uh, you know, partly because we're told constantly that we need to be washing them at the moment, that we're not allowed to use them at the moment for a whole bunch of things. Um, and for whatever reason, I've been thinking a lot about the, the work of our hands and just how much we do with our hands. You know, I was talking to someone just recently who we've both realized in our live streams for church that we use our hands a lot but we have no idea what the hand gestures mean. Uh, if you've ever tried to follow my hand gestures, it's like, you know, if you interpret sign language, I'm sure I'm just speaking gibberish. Uh, but there's so much of what we do that, that uses our hands, it requires our hands. I couldn't talk. If you cut off my arms, I think I would just be silent. And Emma probably thinks that's a great idea. Uh, but there's lots of things. And so I started to think about all the different things that we use our hands for. Uh, I saw this great one on Facebook a little earlier this week, and I liked it. I thought I'd share it with you. This is my hands after I've washed them 100 times a day uh, under COVID-19 restrictions. They, uh, they, they look like that. So good times. But the other thing that I, was, I wanted to share, I read an article a couple of weeks ago about the, the tension between what we're doing at the moment as a church and what we long to be doing again as a church. Uh, you know, seven to eight weeks ago, if you told us that we wouldn't be meeting as, as a combined body for so long, uh, we probably wouldn't have believed you. And yet here we are. And in the midst of that, we've discovered a whole bunch of new things. We've discovered online uh, capacity to do church. We've discovered an online capacity to do community. We've discovered an online ability to to reach people and engage people and welcome people into our services that have never been before. And I love that. I absolutely love that. Uh, and there is a part of what we do now that will always be online as a church because we have um, discovered technology. Necessity is the mother of invention. And so there's a part of us that will always be online now. Uh, but the other thing that I've also, you know, there's a lot of churches that are saying, oh, online's the future of the church, and, you know, there's going to be a big part of this. And in the midst of that, uh, a man wrote an article, and I read it, and he said that we must be careful that in the pursuit of our online technology and our online services, which are all good things, that we do not lose the other good things that we have. 
And one of the things that he highlighted is how much of the Christian faith requires physical interaction, how much of our faith requires uh, actual practical demonstrations. He talked about, you know, um, our, our faith is a, is a tangible faith because in order to practice our faith properly, we need bread, we need wine, we need oil, we need water, baptism. And, you know, uh, it says lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Uh, it says greet each other with a holy kiss or at least a robust handshake. Um, you know, there's so many things that are, you know, do not forsake meeting together. There's so many things in the Bible about uh, the tangible aspects of our faith. And so while we're very excited uh, for what we've discovered and what we've learned on this online platform, there is a very tangible part of our faith uh, that I cannot wait to get back to. Uh, I cannot wait to be able to lay hands on someone while I pray for them again. I cannot wait to be able to shake your hands, to greet you with a hug at the door. There's certain things, you know, uh, physical touch is one of my love languages. If you've ever read Gary Chapman's um, book, The Five Love, Language, uh, love Languages, and physical touch is one of mine. And that's not just about relational, you know, what we like to make it. About. It's about handshakes and hugs. And, you know, um, I'm often a, a touchy person in the way that I express myself with other people and, to not have that for so long. And if you're not, you're like, that. this has been awesome because we're not allowed to touch each other. But our hands are not only for greeting and for touching and, and, and whatever else. And so I started to think over this last week about all the different uses of our hands, the different things that we do. The Bible has a whole lot to say about the work of my hands, the work of your hands, the work of his hands, uh, the hands of the Lord, uh, the hands of the church, the hands and feet of Jesus. Um, and I started thinking about all the different things that we do with our hands, the way that we can build with our hands, uh, the way that the Bible tells us to lay hands on the sick. So we heal with our hands. We pray with our hands. I preach with my hands. Uh, and, and, and within that, I had two other conversations that I thought were just awesome uh, about speaking with our hands and seeing with our hands. And I want to share these stories with you in a couple of different ways. I was chatting um, this week with, with Barbara McKenzie, who's, who's been joining us in our online presence. And many of you will uh, know and will have met Bailey, his, his daughter, who came and joined us for um, our Love Has a Name service a couple of years ago, who has cerebral palsy. And so I asked him, I said, can you talk to me? I'm doing this thing about the work of your hands and, and how we use our hands. Talk to me about how Bailey uses her hands because she has limited use of them. Uh, and one of the things that he talked about in that was that because of Bailey's vision not being um, super crash hot, one of the things that she does is when she meets someone or something new, she will often listen to it and then touch it uh, to, to get a sense for what it is before she sees it. And, and so I was thinking about this and how our hands aren't only used to to do things and to give out, but also as receivers in, how we can hear with them, how we can feel with them, how we can, you know, engage with someone in such a way. Uh, and then I got this wonderful video that I want to share with you. Oh, this is of the Walding family. Uh, Jessica, uh, again, one of our congregation members who you'll know is um, hearing impaired. And the family is learning to communicate in a different way using their hands. Take a look at this really quickly.
crackle is that i i love uh, I loved seeing that video. My face just lit up and it beamed the entire time while I was watching it and, and drawing clips from it and putting it together. Uh, to see a family learning to communicate with their hands in a, in a way that is completely foreign to so many of us and, and hopefully not for long. I would love to see more of us uh, learn and pick up this so that, again, Jessica can communicate uh, with other members of our congregation. But I've been thinking all about this, the work of our hands, how we communicate with our hands, how we interpret with our hands, how we how we create with our hands. Uh, and I also started to think about this idea of how our hands tell stories. And this leads us to our first activity this morning. Uh, if you're in groups, I would love you to participate in this. If you're on your own, I've got resources so that you can do it online. You just, just keep watching, keep tuned. But our hands tell stories. And so what I'm going to ask you to do in just a moment is I'm going to ask you all in your group, Hopefully you've sanitized your hands uh, and I want you to put them all out in front of you, whether it's on a table or you hold them in a circle. And, and what I want you to do is I want you to look at all the hands in the room and I want you to just notice the difference, uh, the differences between them, the similarities between them. And there's a couple of questions that I want you to ask as you do that. I want you to ask questions. What differences are there? What stories do other people's hands tell? What can you tell about a person by looking at their hands? What can you tell other people with your hands? What stories do your hands tell? Uh, you know, I was thinking of a couple. I'll give you some examples to give you a push in the right direction this morning. You know, I was thinking of the different stories that my hands tell. And three in particular that come to mind is my, is my wedding ring. You know, one of the things that you can see looking at my hands is, is the, the symbol of my marriage on my hand. And I can tell you all number of stories about my marriage just from this one symbol. Uh, my fingers, Eddie will relate to this this morning as he's been watching as well. Uh, the, as I play guitar, the calluses that have developed and have begun because of the work of my hands it has literally left a mark on my hands. And I have a scar just here on my, on my knuckle on my right hand. And, and one of the things that uh, it always reminds me when I look, there's a wonderful biking around the backyard and I was going faster and faster and faster this is when we were living in Nelson and and as I was going around I came a little bit too close on one on one curve to to the barbecue and, and I managed to on the it wasn't on but it had these metal sticks sticking out of it and I caught my hand as I biked past it and cut it right right deep almost to the knuckle and it started to bleed and and I remember the pain and I, I it's so vivid to me but what I also remember is going inside to see my family. And I remember we had visitors at the time and, and I went in and I was sort of making a lot of noise. And, and initially my parents sort of went, what's that racket? You know, because that's what we do when we're parents and our kids make noise. But I went down and as soon as my dad saw, uh, I remember him picking me up, putting me on his knee. I remember it so clearly sitting in that living room. And I remember my father as, as he uh, you know, you know, calmed me and tended to this. And, and so again, I have this, this scar on my hand that tells a story. Uh, there are all sorts of different things. You might have manicured nails, you might have whatever. And so what I want you to do is all put your hands in the middle of the room and start to look at them and just discuss as a group the differences, uh, age, color, all these sorts of things, and why, what you can tell uh, about other people's lives from their hands and what you can tell about your own life from your hands. And so we're going to do that for, for just a few minutes. And um, 
So, yeah, if you don't have a group of other hands that you can draw on this morning, uh, and when I say draw, I don't mean like, uh, I've got a, a template here with some of the discussion questions for you to ask and a bunch of other hands that you can use. And so you might like to discuss not only your hands, but the hands that are going to appear on screen in just a moment. And we're going to do this for, I don't know, let's say three, four minutes so you don't have a real long time. Uh, and then I'm going to come back and I want to tell you another story. So let's do that together. Pause the recording and discuss with your fellow listeners and resume the recording when you are ready. All right, very cool. I'm going to call your attention back here for just a moment. Hopefully you managed to get through a, a few stories, managed to see some things, learn some things. It's amazing. Uh, initially, you might have gone, how would this work? But it's amazing what you can learn as you start to talk and as you as you start to look at things. The unique perspectives, the unique abilities that, that different hands have, the unique stories that they tell. Uh, I was talking to Rodney this week and he was saying that they've been busy out on the farm and one of the things that uh, he's had to do is, is call Anne out to help. And, and so, you know, she's been dragged into Rodney's world and all the stupid things that Rodney gets up to on a daily basis. And I can only imagine, Anne, what, you, what your hands look like or feel like this morning in terms of what he's made you do in the last few days on the farm. Uh, but, you know, all, looking at all of these different kind of ideas and... Uh, you know, looking at, if I bring this picture back up here, you know, I was just looking at some of these. These are not people I know. These are just random photos of hands that I found online. Uh, and as I look at them, some of the stories that they tell are just absolutely, um, you know, about culture and about whatever, you know, that big one down the bottom left-hand uh, corner, it's probably pretty safe to say she's not a blacksmith. Uh, but what unique abilities, uh, what unique uh, job, what unique responsibilities does she hold with her hands and the way that she comforts and the way that, you know, whatever. Uh, I looked at the one in the top left-hand corner and I see the story of a man who has, has had a lot of years and, and a lot of those he's been, he's been with one person that he's been married to. And you can tell because that wedding ring doesn't fit him today like it did when he first put it on. His hand has grown, but his, his, and so you can start to see the stories of a long marriage there. You know, the bottom right-hand corner, I see a man with hands who often people would look at and assume were the hands were capable perhaps of violence in a judgmental way, and I see them holding so gently uh, a child, and I see those hands that we wouldn't expect to be loving uh, because of stereotypes or negative prejudice that we hold. Uh, actually being used to nurture, to care, and to love. And, you know, there's, there's all sorts of other examples that we can we can look at there. But I started to think of a couple of other examples uh, in my own life. You know, one of the things I love, i got a three-year-old daughter named Taya, and she is just the most delightful uh, girl in the world. She's watching this morning from a small group across town as well. So, hi, Taya. Good to see you. Uh, good for you to see me. Um but one of the things that uh, I love about Taya is, uh, you know, again, perhaps with physical touch being my love language, uh, I love cuddles and we, we wrestle and we do all sorts of things. But a couple of nights ago, uh, Taya came down the road and I was having a pretty restless night. I was lying in bed. I was stressing about a few things that I probably shouldn't have been stressing about. And Taya came down. She woke up. It was just after midnight, somewhere between there and one o'clock. And she comes, you know, pitter patter down the hallway. I heard her because I was awake. And she comes down and she goes, Dad, I can't sleep. And normally I'd be like, oh, go back to bed. But I said to her, you know, you know what, me neither. And so the two of us got up and we went and we sat on her bed and I lay next to her. And, and she just wrapped her arms around me in that way that she felt safe. And it's funny, as, as my three-year-old's hands wrapped around my neck, 
I felt all that stress, all that worry, all that anxiety uh, just leave. And, and sometimes it's amazing how ministry can happen through the hands of a three-year-old child. You know, one of the other things that I, I remember, and this will tie into a point that I want to bring in a little later as well. Uh, I remember there was a man on the prayer ministry team when I was down in Invercargill Christian Centre, and he was a farmer. And, and he wasn't the... He wasn't the sort of person that you perhaps be used to seeing when you think of a prayer team. Usually prayer teams are all very, you know, and yet one of the things that I love about uh, the Bible is that the people who were the most prophetic in the Bible were often the farmers and the shepherds and, the, you know, uh, not the people who we tend to put on these pedestals who have lovely soft hands and whatever. But I used to remember every time this guy uh, prayed for me, you know, if, if there was any ever a prayer time at the end of church, and he'd come along and he'd lay a hand on your shoulder, and he had this, he had, you know, he had calloused hands from his work on the farm, but when he put his hand on your shoulder, there was this firmness, and I always remember it feeling like and reminding me of the Father hand of God, and it communicated something to me. I often, regardless of what he said, just having this man lay hands on you would convey something of the heart of God because of his unique um his unique place in the community and, and so looking at all of these different things you know how do our hands communicate the kingdom of god how do our hands do the work in the ministry of god you know one of the questions that i've been asking myself this week is what do you think jesus hands might have looked like and this will be another one i want you to discuss in just a moment what do you think jesus hands might have looked like you know when he stood before thomas and he said you know because thomas said unless i can put my fingers in the holes in his hands after he'd been crucified and the resurrected jesus appeared to him and we know that jesus had uh uh you know he had those marks in his hands but even before that you know when jesus was walking the earth as someone who was a carpenter as someone who hung out with fishermen you know we have this picture of jesus you know of what he looks like and he's usually got blue eyes and you know and when i asked for this this picture i deliberately wanted not a stereotypical blue eye painting here jesus uh but what do you think jesus hands might have looked like when jesus rubs dirt in a man's eyes what do you think that felt like when jesus uh put an arm around his disciples or when jesus reached out to heal when he took someone by the hand what do you think that felt like for that person and so I want you to discuss that question in your group uh, in just a moment again for a couple of minutes. But the other questions that I want you to also talk about are what is the proudest work of your hands? And when is the time that your hands have done the work, the benefit for someone else? And so before we do that, I want to read you one more story. This is, this is a story I absolutely love. It goes like this. A young man went to seek an important position at a large law firm. He passed the initial interview and he went to meet the director for the final interview. The director looked at his resume and asked, have you ever received a scholarship for school? No, the man replied. It was your father who paid for your studies? Yes. Where does your father work? The director asked him. My father is a blacksmith. Then the director asked the young man to show him his hands. They were soft and perfect. Have you ever helped your parents at their job? The director continued. Never. My parents always wanted me to study and read more books. Besides, he can do the job better than I can. I have a request for you, said the director. When you go home today, go and wash the hands of your father and then come and see me tomorrow morning. 
the young man left feeling good about the interview. That night when he returned home, he asked his father if he would allow him to wash his hands. His father felt rather strange about the request, but agreed. The young man washed his father's hands little by little. It was the first time that he had noticed all the wrinkles and scars on his father's hands. Some bruises on his hands were so painful that his skin shuddered upon being touched. It was the first time that the young man recognized what it meant for this pair of hands to have worked every day to be able to pay for his studies. The bruises on his father's hands were the price that he paid for his child's education and future. After cleaning his father's hands, the young man stood in silence and then began to tidy up his father's workshop. That night, the father and son talked together for a long time. The next morning, the young man returned to the director's office. The director noticed the tears in his eyes. Can you tell me what you did and what you learned yesterday? He asked the young man. I washed my father's hands. When I finished, I stayed and helped him clean his workshop. He continued, now I know what it is to appreciate and recognize without the work of their hands, I would not be who I am today. By helping my father, I now realize how difficult it is to do something on my own. I have come to appreciate the importance and the value in helping the family. The director looked at him with an earnest expression. This is what I look for in my people. I want to hire someone who can appreciate the help of others, a person who knows the hardship of others. You are hired. I love this story. And I want you to now go into your groups again or in your time reflecting together, journaling, uh, and, and discuss, again, what do you think Jesus' hands might have looked like? What is the greatest work of your hands? And what work of your hands has benefited, benefited the life of another? So I'll put those questions up here, or I think two of them up here. And again, discuss for a couple of minutes, and then we'll come back and I've got another story to finish up. Pause the recording and discuss with your fellow listeners and resume the recording when you are ready. Bring you back together here for a moment as, as we prepare to close. I don't know if I'm giving you enough time to have these conversations or, or not um, because I'm here talking to myself. Uh, but the joy of this is you can continue to discuss after we've finished this morning. You can continue to talk. I'm sure there's, there's, there's many, many stories. Uh, but what I love about the end of that story is I, uh, if I just go back to it, uh, now I know what it is to appreciate and recognize without the work of someone else's hands, I would not be who I am today. By helping my father, I now realize how difficult it is to do something on my own. I have come to appreciate the importance and the value in helping the family. And, you know, as you're sitting in a room with a group of people today, uh, all of you will have hands gifted for different things. Some of you will have hands gifted for strong labor. Uh, some of you will have hands gifted for... Uh, care and nurture and, and whatever that looks like and, and everything in between and one of the things that I love and this is the, the the conclusion that I come to this morning especially when I look at the different people that Jesus called to follow him is that all our hands are needed for the work of the gospel all of our hands are needed the work of the kingdom you know there's a, there's a verse in corinthians where paul says we are all different parts of one body and the hand cannot say to the foot i do not need you which cannot say to the eye i do not need you uh but if i can take that and talk about just our different gifts and just our different hands at a moment for a moment 
you know, we live in a community. And I think one of the things that we've realized in this last uh, couple of weeks is suddenly the hands that have served us, uh, the hands that have been the most benefit to us in isolation have been the hands of the workers that we would have looked at perhaps through, again, the eyes of prejudice as lesser important workers because they're not high qualified degrees or whatever else. But when you need your car to be fixed, you need the hand of a mechanic. When you need, when you want someone to pre-prepare food for you, you need the hands of. And so, what we're learning in this time, and what I want us to learn in this next couple of weeks as we gather together in smaller groups before we come together in the hundred, is that for the gospel, for the work of the kingdom to be achieved, we need your hands. Everyone's hands need to be involved, from the youngest to the oldest, from the firmest to the softest, whatever it looks like. You know, the very first, there's a great story in Exodus chapter 31. The very first story in the Bible of anyone being filled with the Holy Spirit. In fact, I'll go there. I'll go there. The very first story in the Bible of anyone being filled with the Holy Spirit is, is in the book of Exodus, chapter 31. And this is what it says. Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God. I've filled him with the Holy Spirit, with skill and ability and knowledge and all kinds of craftsmanship to be able to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze. The first story in the Bible of someone being filled with the Holy Spirit was a craftsman. It was a worker. It was some. It was not. Uh, it was not a pastor. It was not a leader. It was not a speaker. It was someone who did anointed work with their hands. And so we have the joy of knowing that in the work of the kingdom, your hands are needed. The hands and feet of Jesus are all around our community, and each one has a gift. Each one has something to offer. And my encouragement is: what happens when we put our hands? in the hands of God. You know, Moses put, God asked Moses, what is in your hand? And in Moses' hand, he had a stick. And so I'm not asking what's in your hands necessarily this morning. I'm asking what, what ability is in your hands? What unique gifts has God created you to do? And as we give them to him, as Moses gave what was in his hands to God, and as we follow the words of Psalm chapter one, this is his promise. Psalm chapter one. Verse one, two, three. And it says, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. Blessed is the man or woman who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. But their delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, they meditate day and night. They are like a tree planted by streams of water, which yield its fruit in season whose leaf does not wither, and whatever they touch prospers. I want to bless you to know this morning that your hands are needed in the work of the kingdom, in the work of the gospel. Don't ever let anybody tell you that because you're not a preacher or because you're not a, uh, a sower or because you're not whatever, your work, your hands are needed in the kingdom of God. And I want to bless you to know that the words of Psalm chapter 1 say, as you delight yourself in God, as you commit the work of your hands to the work of his hands, to the work of his kingdom, as you give him your gift and your ability, 
The Bible promises that everything you touch will prosper. And I want to prophesy and declare over everyone this morning who's watching this, whether you're watching it live or on the replay, as you give the work of your hands to God in this season, I pray that everything you put your hand to would prosper. Despite what the economy does, despite what the world does, despite what society does, despite how long we have to wear sanitizer for or, 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 or keep our distance from each other, I prophesy that everything you put your hands to shall prosper as you put Jesus in the center and as you put your hands in his hands. God, I thank you for everyone watching this morning. I thank you for their hands and the unique ability that you have given each one. Lord, even as we think of, of, of Bailey and Jessica and others, we all have this unique ability to communicate, to hear, to touch, to experience, to love with our hands. And Lord, we pray that we would take the work of our hands and we could, would commit it to the work of your hands, that your kingdom would grow, that we would be able to bless others, help others, love others, comfort others with the gift of our hands and the works of our hands and Lord that we would know your hand on our lives on our homes on our finances on our community and Lord as we journey together over the next few few weeks Lord we pray that we would know your hand connecting our hands together in Jesus name Amen